Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Oh, yes. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. Find me on gambling Twitter at UndercoverGreg. I would say joined by my partner in crime, Alex Uplinger, but unfortunately, Alex, a little under the weather this week. So uh, it was my fault last week uh, that resulted in a solo pod. And not blaming him for getting sick, though. Don't want that to be misconstrued. Uh, shit happens, and, uh, you know, we'll hopefully have uh, the dynamic duo back together next week for NFL Week 11. But we didn't want to leave you hanging, the loyal listeners that tune in for the NFL picks every week. So wanted to come back with some NFL plays, uh, kind of like what we did last week, more of a rapid-fire thing, just a quick-hitting, uh, here's why I like, here's what I like, and here's why I'm on it, uh, two to three minutes per pick, get you in and get you out, and hopefully get you to the window for NFL week number 10. So, without further ado, let's get started with our sides for NFL week 10, and we're going to start in Kansas City. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the team that plays in KC laying nine against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a total of 51. And this is almost kind of becoming a system play. If you've followed the point spreads closely enough the last couple of seasons in the National Football League, you know this is kind of the fade Chiefs wheelhouse that we talk about a lot on this podcast. The betting markets kind of get a good read on Kansas City, who obviously over the last few years has been a very public team. And... They make it difficult to back the Chiefs, and I think, therefore, when you get north of a touchdown, you have to look towards the dog or pass in these Kansas City games. What did we see last week? 
And uh, another trend that's been very popular over the years has been the Andy Reid off a of buy stuff. And that gets baked into the number a little bit, so much so to where you have Kansas City laying 12 against a more than capable Tennessee team. And Tennessee nearly wins the game outright and covers from start to finish. So, with all that said, if you didn't figure out where I'm going, I'm taking the nine points with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's a Jacksonville team that is going to keep playing. You always talk about motivation as football seasons wear on for teams that are, uh, you know, not headed to the postseason, let's say, and what's on the line. And I think Jacksonville's the exact type of non-playoff team. You know, we saw Carolina win outright as a short home dog on Thursday night football against Atlanta. Similar type of thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars where, uh, you know, you obviously have Steve Wilkes in Carolina who is trying to make an impression to perhaps keep that job with the Panthers. And you have Doug Peterson who is a first-year coach and wants to prove that he was the right hire, the right guy for this job. And I think it's the type of team that any he's more than anything instilling his culture, right? And I think... All of that doesn't happen overnight, and because of that, losses might pile up in the first half of the season, but you're a better team by the end of the season because you keep playing hard and you keep figuring it out. And that's what I think with Jacksonville here. You have a Jacksonville team coming off of a victory last week against the Las Vegas Raiders, and a Jacksonville team that's been pretty competitive. I mean, you look at their last uh, you know, several games. Actually, you look all season. They haven't lost a game by this number all year, but particularly of late, a close win against the Raiders, a close loss against the Broncos in London, a close loss against the Giants, a close loss against the Colts by seven. Even the Texans, you know, and it is the Texans, they still obviously were in the game and lost by seven, lost by eight in Philly. Maybe that's the most comparable data point, right? And granted, they did not cover that point spread. That was inside the touchdown at six and a half. But maybe that highlights exactly what I'm talking about. If they're catching six and a half in Philly, now they're catching nine in Kansas City. Going through the seven and tacking on another two and a half points isn't all because Kansas City is power rated higher than Philly, even though that's the case at a lot of shops. I do think there is a tax applied to the Chiefs, particularly this time of year when everybody looks up and sees the Chiefs high atop the standings yet again. It's dog or pass when the Chiefs are favored by more than seven. I'm willing to stomach it with the dog because, again, I think it's a Jags team that's going to play hard for Doug Peterson all season as he continues to instill his culture. It's a Trevor Lawrence quarterback that needs to continue to prove that he is their guy. Let's be honest here and just call it how it is. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked like that can't-miss prospect a ton for Jacksonville even this year with Doug Peterson. So I think he needs to continue to establish himself in the National Football League, for that matter, but particularly with this new coach, Dougie P. Jacksonville, plus a nine. First play for me on this NFL Week 10 card. I think at the very least they cover this number and head into their bye week with confidence. Let's move forward and go to from a play I like to a play I like even more. This is going to be a max play for me in the Steel City. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers, home dog, plus the point and the hook against the New Orleans Saints. Total in this game of 40 but how do I not salivate over the situational spot for Pittsburgh? Here you have 
the Steelers returning from their bye week, facing a New Orleans team that is traveling to Pittsburgh on a short week, New Orleans having played Monday Night Football. So that's the first thing we really like here. Secondly, you're getting Pittsburgh getting T.J. Watt back, one of the most valuable defensive players in the National Football League, maybe the most valuable defensive player in the National Football League, and... I think his absence really sucked the life out of the Steelers, and I think him just being there, albeit it seems to be on a snap count, will ignite the rest of the Steelers to play well coming back from their bye week. And Alex and I talk about this all the time. We love underdog Mike Tomlin because he's an excellent motivator, and he's also somebody that his teams will always play hard for, and they won't lay down when they are the inferior team. And let's be honest, right now, I don't even think as bad as Pittsburgh's looked at times this season, I don't even think Pittsburgh's all that inferior to New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans has just been very Jekyll and Hyde and pretty disappointing for the better part of the first half of the 2022 campaign. Put it all together, I think you get a Pittsburgh team that uses that bye week. Matt Canada, offensive coordinator, Pittsburgh Steelers, really needs to try and you know cultivate a more of a big play offense. They got the playmakers there, right? Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, even without Chase Claypool there now, they still got enough for Kenny Pickett to work with. I think Matt Canada needs to prove a little bit or there could be a new OC in Pittsburgh in 2023. So I think we see an offense that takes some more chances. I think we see a quarterback in Kenny Pickett that's a little more comfortable with some more reps under his belt and the bye week. And let's not forget the last time Pittsburgh was on the gridiron, it was two weeks ago having gotten smoked by the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that's another thing about Mike Tomlin that makes me like this spot so much for Pittsburgh is the fact that we always can expect Mike Tomlin teams to get back up, particularly when you had to stew on that embarrassing loss across the state in Philly two weeks ago, so you've had a lot of time to sit on it. I go back to a game earlier this year when Pittsburgh had to travel to Buffalo and lost 38-3 to in the debut for Kenny Pickett. What did they do in the week after? At home, against an NFC South team, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they win the game outright as an eight-point dog. That's what I'm thinking here. Steelers respond. Steelers are going to play hard for Mike Tomlin in the second half of the year. This is not a team that is going to lay down despite their record. Are they going to be able to get all the way back into wildcard contention in the AFC? That's probably a pipe dream. But if you're talking about two teams under 500 right now, I just think Pittsburgh is still a little bit better than New Orleans. So I love the Steelers' max play plus the point and the hook at home. Let's keep things moving and go ahead and go stay in the AFC North where I'm going to look at the Cleveland Browns as a live road underdog of three and a half points against the Miami Dolphins in South Beach, a total of 49. Let's go back again. The last time we saw Cleveland, it was a big game in the division against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football in which the Browns boat raced the Bengals and Cincinnati uh, really looked out of its element and that was a Browns defense that played very well. I think there's some of that here where it was a Browns defense that had some injuries earlier in the season. I think their health fear there on that defensive side of the ball coming out of a bye week as well should allow them to be more rested up and also I think from a motivational standpoint I don't think this is a Cleveland team that's ready to lay down this is a Browns team that needed that victory on Monday Night Football to get to 3-5 and five. had they lost to Cincinnati the last time we saw them there was talk of them maybe being a seller at the trade deadline instead they win the game and they stand pat at the deadline uh, Kareem Hunt was a guy that a lot of people 
thought could be moved and was not. And I think that just maybe sends a vote of confidence, even by not doing anything. Uh, it sends a vote of confidence that they believe, the front office believes, the coaching staff believes that they can still get in this thing at 3-5. and five. If they can steal this game, get to 4-5, and five, you start to see a path for Deshaun Watson to return and maybe have the Browns fighting for a playoff spot down the stretch. Denzel Ward, I mentioned the defense getting healthier. It looks like he's going to play on Sunday for Miami, for Cleveland, and that's huge against the Miami offense that's very explosive with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell able to get up and down the field on opposing defenses. It's really a pro-Cleveland handicap for me. But it also is a not-so-fast, if you will, on the Miami Dolphins. It's been a seesaw almost for them, right? They win their first three games. They get that win early in the season in the home Miami Heat against the Buffalo Bills. Then they go through the little downward spiral of the quarterback situations that they had to deal with. Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater, Tua, etc. Then they come back, and they've looked like that same explosive offense since. I'm going to draw the line in the sand here, though, and say that the Cleveland offense is, or excuse me, the Cleveland defense is able to slow things down a bit and keep the game in the, the, let's say, low 20s. And I think that's more conducive towards the game Cleveland wants to play. I do think also, uh, if you like this, you probably, if you like Cleveland, you probably have to look under the 49 as well. Field goal game either way. You're giving me the three and the hook. You best believe I'm going to be on the road dog. Cleveland plus three and a half. Second play for me for NFL week number 10. Let's go from the AFC North to the NFC North where I'm looking at a battle of a pair of division rivals in the Windy City and it's the Detroit Lions. I got this at plus three. It looks like it's down to two and a half. Uh, so I would be leery of the two and a hook. Uh, but it, it, some shops shop around. There could still be some threes out there. Uh, my book is now at minus two and a half, minus 120 on Chicago. So uh, you might still be able to grab three. Uh, but I'm looking at the Detroit Lions catching the field goal at Soldier Field against the Bears. And this is more going to be a fade of Chicago than it is a buy of Detroit. Uh, Detroit is coming off of a nice win against the Green Bay Packers last week at home. And so maybe you argue a little bit of a hangover for the Lions. But let's be honest. I think there's a lot of Bears love going around right now. People saying, oh, maybe they do have their quarterback in Justin Fields. And look at this offense. Out of nowhere, they're really showing some signs of life and some more explosion. You go back to Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots. And then even though they lost their last couple of games against Dallas and against Miami, their offense uh, looked to be different in, in a good way. And I'm ready to kind of just say slow the roll and expect the Bears to still be the Bears here and kind of let you down when it seems to be like there's some more optimism. The Bears are favored in a football game. I mean, let's just start there and acknowledge kind of the, uh, maybe not absurdity, but the awkwardness almost of looking at the minus sign next to Chicago on the rotation. With all that said, I do think that the Lions are a team that always plays hard in these games and is being a little discounted here, and here's why. Chicago, the only other time the Bears were favored in a game was Week 3 against the Houston Texans. Game in Chicago, Bears were three-point favorite. Are you really, do you really mean to tell me that Chicago, excuse me, that Houston and Detroit are the same team? And I realize Detroit is pretty bad, but I still think they're better than Houston. So then the question becomes, do you upgrade Chicago? And I think a lot of people have, and that's where I'm willing to say, eh, maybe, but still the Bears, and I think the Lions catching three on the road are going to be able to muck this thing up and keep it close. There's concerns about Jared Goff and cold weather, but I think that Lions defense maybe found a little something last week, and 
that's a Lions defense that has been much maligned, right? Aaron Glenn's unit has uh, been under a lot of criticism in the first half of the year. But I, I look at the way the Lions defense played last week against Green Bay and think maybe there's something there. Maybe they're starting to figure things out a little bit. And there's a Lions team that has covered point spreads in different game scripts. Uh, depending on what number you got, although the, I don't think they covered the closing number against Miami in a 31-27 loss. But they're able to keep a higher scoring game close against Miami. They're able to win a lower scoring game against Green Bay. 24-6 two weeks ago, or excuse me, three weeks ago against Dallas is a bit of a misleading final score. Detroit was in that game most of the way. So the Lions have been playing good football the last three weeks, and they just got the result against Green Bay. I think the Lions are trending in the right direction. This is a regime that is going to be back. I don't. Uh, Dan Campbell is not going to get fired at the end of the year. I believe they've already said that. So uh, I think there's uh, – we talk about sub-500 teams that are motivated to still play hard. I think there's going to be some buy-in here from the Lions, and I just want to sell some Bears talk right now. I think you always want to buy stock at the bottom of the market and sell stock at the top of the market. And I think you're selling bear stock at the top of the market right now. And that makes a lot of sense. So a small play, but nonetheless, I like the Lions on the road catching points. Let's go to Nashville where I'm going to look at the Denver Broncos as a live underdog plus two and the hook against the Tennessee Titans. Total of just 39 here. We have Denver coming off of its bye week, having just defeated Jacksonville in London. Maybe a little bit more confidence for the Broncos. Still at three and five, so it is a tough road to hoe for Denver, but I expect the Broncos, dare I say it, to be a little more explosive offensively coming out of their bye week. And for as much as Tennessee, and you can sing the praises of Mike Vrabel, he's an outstanding coach, and Derrick Henry just continues to run right through everybody, I do think sooner or later the problems of getting the ball downfield will come back to hurt Tennessee. And while it's a Denver defense that just traded away Bradley Chubb, it's been a pretty stingy Denver defense most of the season. And Ryan Tannehill just coming back this week for the Titans given the problems that they've had vertically, I think it comes up to bite the Titans sooner rather than later. So I think in a weird way here, despite the fact that Denver's been so anemic offensively, I am going to bank on the bye week being a good time for them to figure it out offensively, get some more vertical plays for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. One or both of them still may end up with 1,000 yards if they're healthy, receiving yards, that is, by the end of the year. So I, I think that there's still a good Broncos offensive game coming. And this is a candidate for me because it's a Tennessee defense that has been chewed up at times uh, this season. So the Titans are playing well. And again, it's another team where I think you're, you're selling a little stock high with the Titans, and that's kind of the idea. Sell your stock high at the top of the market, buy your stock low at the bottom of the market with Denver. And you know, this isn't the super bottom of the market because Denver did win a game two weeks ago in London against the Jags, as I mentioned. But you see the Broncos as a dog here, and I think it's also a bit of a fishy number, right? It almost looks too easy to take Tennessee inside a field goal. I disagree. I think the Broncos will continue to be in football games, and it's just a matter of, because that's a thing, right? For as much as Nathaniel Hackett gets questioned, and rightfully so, it's not like Denver gets blown out a lot. They're in these games. I expect that to be the case again. And I expect the difference to be the playmakers for Denver making a few more plays and the vertically challenged Tennessee Titans. I think that will come back and bite them 
Denver. Quick play there, plus two and the hook. Lastly, let's end in America's Dairyland, where I'm taking America's team. I'm going to give up four points and take the Cowboys on the road against the Green Bay Packers, total of 44. It's a bit of a square play, and it goes against that principle of buying low and selling high. I think we're maybe buying the Cowboys high and selling the Packers low, but I just think this number isn't where it needs to be. At four, you're telling me the Green Bay Packers, one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, plain and simple, against one of the better teams in the NFL. The Packers may be the second best team in the excuse me, the Cowboys may be the second best team in the NFC. And you have a Cowboys team that has Dak Prescott back, scored 49 points the last time we saw them before their bye week against the Chicago Bears. Dalton Schultz showing signs of life, life as a secondary receiving option for Dak Prescott after CeeDee Lamb. We saw Tony Pollard run rampant on the Chicago Bears prior to the bye week. They're going to get Ezekiel Elliott back, so they'll have both their running backs back. And oh, by the way, it's a Dallas team that did it with defense for the better part of the first half of the season. And it's a Green Bay team that's an absolute mess on offense. And when you see this total sitting at 44... Obviously, there's a lot of expectation that we're not going to see a ton of points here. So I like the the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me, get laying the four for my final play. That is going to wrap things up here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your weekend. Enjoy National Football League Week 10. I'll be back next week, hopefully, with Alex as well. And we're back to usual on the pod and uh, be able to catch up with Joe Fan from WinBet again. Again, that'll do it for us. You can follow me at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. Alex manages the podcast Twitter. Everybody enjoy your weekend. And, of course, please play responsibly.